so today, uh, we are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 6, from verse 19 to 20. Let us read together. We're so thankful that we are reading only two verses today. Let's begin. Uh, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Although um, today is Thanksgiving, uh, we're not uh, preaching a topical message, but we're preaching from 1 Corinthians. Uh, we are church. Uh, in that sense, uh, that we are uh, hearing this word, glorifying God in our bodies, and to really expound uh, what it means for our lives. Uh, brothers and sisters, Christ has redeemed our bodies with the blood of Jesus Christ that He has saved um, our lives, and not only our soul, but He has saved our body as well. And that's what Paul is saying in verse 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. And yet many of us, when we think of the word or the term, Spirituality, uh, we tend to think that spirituality is about inner self, our soul. Uh, so that we love God with our soul, with our heart. And many of us, we still have this cultic or this wrong theology of separating our soul from our physical body. You know, I get to study spirituality, and one of the first foundations of a building healthy spirituality, I was really surprised, but it, it starts with taking care of your body, physical body. Uh, when I was reading spiritual discipline, one of the first topics of spiritual discipline is about sleep. You know, when you sleep well, when you rest well, that's when your mind and your heart is straight. And you are able to really process things and discern the Holy Spirit properly. Isn't that true? Like when you're really physically tired and weary, you don't want to do anything. Even worshiping or praising the Lord, it becomes a burdensome. And that's why many young people, you know, sleeping early Saturday, it will help you to have good Sunday worship. Or when you go out on a date, or when you have a very, very important event, you need to rest your body well so that you will be in tune, your spiritual walk with the Lord as well. You know, many of us, we think that because we grew up in a very uh, Asian culture, that worshiping God, and we need to sit tight, and we need to have this like respectful manner in order to praise the Lord. But if you look at the scripture, it says you need to praise the Lord with your bodies. You need to clap your hands and today, like, I was like, come on, you know, we're singing, give thanks to the Lord. And yet everyone's like, give thanks to the Lord. It's like, are we really praising the Lord? Are we really thankful before the Lord? When you look at children, when they're really thankful, they're jumping up and down. And they show not only through their lips, but they also show through their bodies as well. And yet, 
when we go back to 1 Corinthians, the people in Corinth, they tend to separate this body and soul. So that through their soul, like they are taking very seriously about worshiping and seeking spiritual gifts and praising the Lord, and yet they thought their body is like their own. You know what? We get to do whatever we want to do with our body. Body belongs to me. So Paul is challenging people not only to Corinthian church members, but to all of us, that as we glorify God, we need to glorify God with our bodies. So what does it mean by glorifying God with our bodies? Number one, it is about living out fully in our bodies in connection with Christ. What does it mean? You know, number one, our body is a wonderful gift that God has given to us. Our body is wonderful and beautiful. And God has created our bodies in the image of God. And yet, in the Eden, Garden of Eden, the husband and wife, they were appreciating and they were celebrating each other's body. They were naked and yet unashamed. And they were not embarrassed. And they were glorifying God and honoring God and enjoying one another. And yet when sin came in and Satan distorted the body. And our concept and our understanding of what body is. For example, sex is wonderful and beautiful. And the number one place that we need to educate sex is church and our family. Why? Because God has created and designed sex. And yet, as I even share this word, some of you think that, oh, it's like, pastor is talking about sex from the podium, like holy podium, and how dare you even word, like S word. And in our families, we fail to talk about sex. We fail to talk about sex in our podium from preaching. Why? Because our mind and our perspective have been distorted. And God has made something beautiful, and yet we think that that is shameful and that is embarrassing. And that's what Satan does. And yet we try to glorify our bodies in so many different ways. And some of you are into like working out. And some of us, we want to fix certain areas. Or some of us, we view one another and opposite sex as a tool or our sexual gratification pleasure. And that's what sin does, distorting the image of the body that is something beautiful created by God. But we have to understand that God has saved us and God really... Um, Uh, sees our bodies as something that is beautiful and God wanted to redeem. And that's what God didn't say from heaven, I love you and I save you. I'm going to save you and give you eternal life. But God has sent physical body of his only son and Jesus died on the cross, not only through lip service, but he died on the cross and gave here his entire body. And today we are also celebrating communion the body and blood of Jesus Christ 
So God has redeemed us through the body of Jesus Christ so that our body, we get to worship God and we'll be redeemed and restored to serve the Lord properly. In other words, wherever we are, we are connected with the body of Jesus Christ. Not only when you are coming to inside of the sanctuary, worshiping the Lord, you are connected with the body of Jesus Christ, but also when you go out, when you go to your family, when you go to your school, when you go to your workplace, and even your uh, business places, you are revealing the body of Jesus Christ wherever you are. So he said, you know, food and stomach will disappear and destroy. In verse 13, God will destroy both one and the other, food and stomach. I love this part because, like, my daughters always make fun of, like, my belly. But, you know, it says, when I go to heaven, my food and my stomach will disappear. But my body will remain, meaning God will resurrect our bodies. That is eternal. That is permanent. So you are taking your body. That our body is connected with the body of Jesus Christ so that when our heart, when our body goes, that's where our heart and that's our spirit goes together with the spirit of Jesus Christ. So in verse 17, he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. That's why when you are in a dating relationship, especially young, young people, young adults, high school or college, you think that when you are in love, like you are giving your heart, but also you are giving your body. But it's not just the physical pleasure, but as you are connecting with your body, you are connecting with the person through the spirit. That's why when you end up, you're giving your body to that person, even later on when you are truly like married with someone that you are spending rest of your life and this, the spirit and this emotion, everything's been all tangled together and that becomes a bondage. And God has given our body so that we will be fulfilled in God and also fulfilled with the person that we're supposed to love rest of our lives. But Thomas Aquinas, in his book, he said, when we fail to find pleasure in God in a healthy way, we end up pursuing pleasure in wrong context because we are craving this pleasure. And our body is craving pleasure to be met and to be satisfied in the context of God, in the context of our loving family. Really. But when we fail to really show our appreciation and being fulfilled in a healthy way, godly way, that's when we look around and we want to somehow fulfill our physical pleasure appetite in wrong context. Addiction, destroying, damaging, and anger. So in verse 15, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. 
What he's saying is that he's contrasting, you know what? Those of us who are united with the body of Jesus Christ in his spirit, we enjoy, we find pleasure. And yet on the other hand, those who do not, we seek other pleasure. But he's saying those who truly experience will never settle with the other. So, brothers and sisters, how are we taking care of our bodies? Do we really, truly view our bodies as something beautiful and something that we need to cultivate and take care in order to have a healthy body, to have a healthy spiritual walk with God? Are we keeping our physical body pure before the Lord, but before also our loved ones? What does it mean for us to glorify God and worship God? That's what it means. We need to worship God with our bodies. What we do with our physical body. So let me go more in detail. And secondly, what Paul is talking about is that we need to be part of expansion of kingdom of God through our bodies. What does it mean? So first, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Wow. So giving our physical body is a spiritual act of worship. So when we say expanding the kingdom of God or worshiping and honoring God is that we love God, but also we love one another through our bodies, physical bodies. That's a spiritual act of worship. Literally, we need to worship God with our bodies. That's why like whenever we sing, like I lift up our hands, Sometimes, like, I dislike the part because, like, we sing, like, we lift up our hands and then no one's lifting their hands. Like, we lift up holy hands and then no one's lifting. We clap our hands, but no one's clapping. We're so used to dichotomize what we say with our action. What is the best way to love God? What is the best way for you to thank somebody? It's a no-brainer. You know what? Show up. Showing up and being there physically is the best part of appreciating someone. When the story of uh, 10 lepers that Jesus healed them, only one person came back and thanked Jesus. You know what? If I think about it, even those rest of nine people, I'm sure they were thankful in their heart. They were healed. Why not? This is a beautiful day. Hallelujah. Praise God. But they went their own ways. But only one person out of ten thought of it, came back to Jesus, showed up, and thanked Jesus. And Jesus said, that's true worship. Now, children, if you are really thankful, the best part your parents expect It's not just uh, texting or doing FaceTime, but show up. I think that's the best way of really thanking somebody. To be honest, this week was a really heavy week for many of our old uh, Korean congregation members because someone who is dear and who's been part of the core group, um, you know, uh, passed 
this week. So there was a funeral on Friday and Saturday. Even though it was a, such a short notice because she only suffered for two weeks, I was so touched because on Friday evening, even with a one-day notice, this chapel was packed. They showed up. That's one part of like I love or like our, like, uh, our church that has that like the bonding. Whenever, you know, someone's getting married or someone, you know, going through a difficult time and hospital and funeral, like people show up. I think that's a power of community. That's what it means to be a part of the church. When you're going through something, who will show up to you? I, I always think about it. And they are my community. You know, worship, what makes a powerful worship, brothers and sisters? It's not something that we watch through YouTube, like Killsong or like John Piper or Tim Keller, but you know what? True church is a place where you show up. You show up and you worship God. You praising the Lord together with your bodies. That's what it means. Because if you're just spirit, worshiping in spirit, you know what? Why end up wasting money on gas? Watch through internet. And yet God has created a community where we are physically connected with the body of Jesus Christ. We are physically connected with one another. So what does it mean for us to be a part of God's expansion through the kingdom of God? Through our bodies. It's about really being present with our bodies. Five love language, you know. Gary Chapman talks about five love language. One of it is a quality time. What does it mean to have a quality time? You know, whenever I see kids, you know, they get hurt or injured, who do they go to? Who do they go to? I ask the question in the KM, obviously, like mom, right? I realize not necessarily. Sometimes kids go to dad. Because in our culture, you know, moms work and the fathers, you know, some fathers stay home and they spend a lot of time. So whoever they have a quality time and they feel safe and they feel more connected, kids will go to them. Isn't that true? Like grandparents, like whether it's a father's side or mother's side, doesn't matter. They don't think about it. Oh, my father's side, you know, we share the same last time, so I should go to them. They don't think about it. You know what? Grandparents who spend quality time. Being there, being present. The reason why the gospel is so powerful is that God is with us. He's ever-present. And God sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, that Jesus enter and intervene to our lives through His body. Not only lip service, but He was present. And that's what it means for us to love God, or love one another with our bodies. Even listening, we listen with our body. Attentive listening is about our body. Not just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and we check our smartphone, like, okay, go ahead, go ahead, and then we check. But you know what? We have eye contact. We lean towards the person. We agree and nodding, agreeing with the person. That's what true listening is all about. And that's how we worship. Say amen. 
Yes, I agree. We end up proclaiming the word of the Lord together as a congregation. Remember I shared with you, like in some African you know, um, churches, it's like whenever a preacher says it, like a two-way conversation, like, amen, you know, preach, brother. And the preacher having a hard time, you know, they pray, Lord, help him, you know, help him. We intercede, we support one another rather than making us like passive. We sit like audience. When I went to Brazil, and this rural place where I was preaching, and I was so refreshed by their worship. Why? Because their favorite time, guess, is offering time. And during offering time, the ushers are not passing the basket. I think really we should do it. The ushers are standing here, and then they hold the basket, and they dance as they come to the front, and then they give offering. And as they prepare, like maybe... Oh, like they meant to give $10, but then maybe $100 bill came. Then they go backwards and then they take. <laughs> so it's a joking, but you know what? They dance. It's like they dance and praising the Lord. This is our favorite time, worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord. Isn't that how it's supposed to be? You're coming to Father and you are enjoying and being with the Father, and that comes out your, through your bodies. Think about your children. When you bring their favorite ice cream or toy, you know what? They say, thank you, Dad. No, through their bodies. They jump up and down. Whenever there's a good news, they show through their physical body and they will hug you, they will kiss you, they will do whatever it takes with your body. And why is it that we separate our heart, our lip service with our body? You know, today is Thanksgiving. You know, best way for you to really thank somebody, show up, be there. When someone's going through a difficult time, show up. And I think that's what we do wonderfully. Even yesterday, uh, because of the funeral, like so many people couldn't even, you know, stay in the kitchen because they had to go to funeral. And right after funeral, like, you know, they had to come back to prepare for today's meal. But then many of them, they came back and they said, you know what? So many new home members came and they did it all so that it's finished. Like they were so thankful. And I was so touched by, and thank you, new home. Showing up, doing something together. You know what? That's what the community is all about. You know, when I go to a funeral, like some members, like they go to, I don't want to put down any other ministry, but some places where they've been serving for 10 years and 20 years and their mom passed and their father passed, like a funeral is like only like three or four friends from church show up. Whereas, like, on the other hand, like, when we worship together, community, that's what it's about. When you're going through a difficult time, they're there for you. Those are true friends, and that's a true community. And I don't know about you, but you know what? For me, I want to be in that church. When you're going through a difficult time, I want to be there for you. But when I go through a difficult time, I want you to be there for me. 
And that's what community, building community with our body. Not only that, but serving with our bodies, just like what I said, meeting our regular needs. You know, when you love someone, show your love. Don't just say, I love you, but make it practical, make it tangible. Like when your wife, when your husband, you know, come from work and having a difficult time, get massage. It's a beautiful act of worship. Physical touch. Like I said, when we fail to fulfill our pleasure in God, in the beautiful context, we end up fulfilling our physical pleasure in a wrong way. So family, even today, I want our congregation members to give hug. When our children come, hug them. Say that we love them. We meet their needs through our physical service. And that's what Jesus did in John chapter 13, verse 5. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around them. You know, Jesus didn't give amazing sermon, but he washed disciples' feet, served through his physical body. Even when he was healing, he didn't just heal with his word alone, though he did at times to really highlight the authority of God's word. But in Luke chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. My last, last point is about surrendering our bodies. That's what it means to give all of our bodies. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And in reality, our bodies, I mean, will not remain young and healthy all the time. It's wonderful, you know, to be a part of the same community for a long time because I've been part of New Hope for now 16 years. It's crazy. Like some of our members, like, you know, we're growing together, right? And we are aging together. Because I remember, like, whenever we go to wedding reception, our conversation 15 years ago, oh, like, who's taking care of your babies today? Oh, my parents are watching. But now our conversation is like, oh, my joint hurting. I can't, you know, I'm losing my sight. Like, our topics change. And that's a part of our life. And just because some of our members and our parents are aging and going through difficult times, and I've been trying to figure things out and read and some of the books. And I was really blessed by a written, uh, one book written by John Piper, you know, God's grace even through our, you know, weak bodies. And, you know, John Piper, we think that, wow, respectful, you know, he's like wearing a suit and preaching in front of like 10,000 people. And yet he had to go to hospital twice because of his cancer. And when he was standing in a mirror, like he was wearing this gown that is like open. Cannot even walk on his own to a bathroom that he has to be carried by someone. And one day he was looking at the mirror, it's like, you know what, like the, the one that I... On Sunday, glorified version of John Piper, you know, preaching 
with authority and power and conviction. And yet, here, there he was, standing in a mirror, old, weak. The moment that he was getting depressed, and yet the Holy Spirit has spoken and saying, you know what, John, this is your mission field. This is where you live out the gospel. Where people are aging and where people are dying without hope that you have eternal life and your body will be resurrected and glorified because of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And from there, that rather than being disheartening and discouraging, you know, he holding up the truth of God and saying, you know what? Yeah, this is not the end, but I have gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, that's how people see the glory of God. Even though our body is weakening and our body is like aging, and yet we don't lose hope because we have Jesus Christ. We have an eternal life and assurance in the Lord Jesus Christ. And people look at it and say, what makes you so different? What makes you to approach your life so different? What is the beauty? What is the secret of? Are we able to say it is because of Jesus Christ? We are connected with the body of Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, your body is a temple of God. Whatever you do, let the glory of God be revealed through your body. And love people. Love God with your bodies. So that we'll be able to really truly be a channel of blessing into many people's lives. And our bodies will make a beautiful body of Jesus Christ. And when we go out, from this worship, we will be able to use our body to love somebody, bless somebody, being there for somebody. Let's pray together.